what's happening what up what it do that's for sure because everybody in my city say what up though what's going on party people welcome back to another episode of black fridays your weekly source of black business and today i'm tapping in with none other than the detroit player himself turtle davis aka too cool turk I got introduced to his work through his clothing brand, Too Cool Lifestyle, where he did a lot of dope Detroit-inspired drops. And what really stood out to me during this interview is that he was able to take his passion for being a creative, his background of being an engineer, and then intertwining that with that Detroit hustling mentality, and then churning out three dope businesses that we talk about in depth. So now the moment that you all been waiting for, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Today, talking to uh, one of the young trendsetters in the city, Prince of Detroit, Too Cool Turt. What's going on, brother? Welcome to Black Fridays. What up, dude? Appreciate you pulling up, man. And uh, definitely want to reach out and uh, tap in with you, man. You are uh, a dope creative. Um, you know, we got a bunch of mutual people in common. And then we went to high school together, too. I know we crossed paths. Are you uh, 09? You class 09? No, I'm class 06. Oh, you class 06. Okay, so you was... Yeah, uh, I was a senior when y'all was freshmen. Yeah, you got up out of there as soon as I got there. Okay. Okay, so right. I, I'm thinking uh, we was around the same year. But I knew you. I knew we knew each other from somewhere. And I uh, saw you CT alumni. So shout out to Cast Tech. Uh, definitely got that in common and a bunch of other folks in common as well, man. But I um, had to have you come on to the podcast. Like I said, young visionary, um, very dope, creative. I mean, you do so in a, a few different uh, forms. So I want to kind of ask you if you could introduce yourself and then also uh, the businesses and companies that you have and the things that you tapped into in the city. Uh, yeah. So um, go by Too Cool Turd. You know, I have uh, like three, four different businesses, man. I have a manufacturing business, Too Cool Productions. I have a, a jewelry company, TK Jewelry. Have a clothing line, too cool lifestyle. Yeah, so that's that. Those are all my my primary businesses. So I know you mentioned manufacturing, jewelry, apparel. Which was the first one that you uh, you started out the gate with? As an actual business, it was like graphics. So uh, I actually stopped doing graphics, uh, commission-based graphics for other people because I had so much other things going on. I can't keep up with that demand. So. Uh, I actually stopped doing that, but that was like the first thing that I initially did uh, business wise. Uh, uh, people were uh, commissioning me to do their graphics, flyers, business cards, uh, all types of uh, uh, things that's in the print print industry. So that's what I was doing, graphics and print. And then when did you decide that you were like a graphic designer or you want to go that route? Like, I know they offer stuff like that at CAS at our high school, but I didn't know if that was something that you started then or maybe like when you went off to college. Yeah, man, when I was in CAS, man, my curriculum was uh, graphic arts and design. I don't know if you're familiar with Mr. Willard. Yep, I remember the name. Okay, yeah, so that was my uh, pretty much 
my uh, my curriculum main uh, teacher or whatnot. So, uh, you know, I, I did that all through high school transition from Cass to Western, which I was going to while I was in high school. Uh, every year from the 10th grade up to, you know, 12th grade year, we would take trips up to Western and they had a, a graphic arts program. So I just transitioned from CAS and did the same thing at Western where they, you know, expanded upon it a, a lot more and uh, got my degree in graphic. Well, it was called graphic and print sciences, paper engineering by the time I got my degree, but they changed the name so many different times. But uh, that's why I got my degree in. And uh, I've had my business before I even graduated. So I just, you know, went full throttle once uh, I, 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 got, uh, I got out of undergrad. And tell me more about uh, Too Cool Lifestyle. So when you started um, the, the clothing brand and what was the inspiration behind that? Well, actually, when I started Too Cool Lifestyle, it was uh, I was still an undergrad. I was doing a couple of other clothing lines at the time. And. Uh, I was just wearing my own Too Cool Lifestyle brand. It was just like T-shirt stuff, me and my ace, uh, you know, Anthony Turner. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the homie. Yeah, so he was my partner at the time in the business. And, uh, you know, we was just wearing our, our our little merch, I would say, at the time called Too Cool Lifestyle. And, uh, you know, people start asking us, like, well, you get the shirt, let me wear it, let me wear it. And, you know, from there we kind of started – brainstorming a lot of different stuff and how we were going to put together uh, this brand, this actual real brand. And uh, it was me, Anthony, and his wife, uh, Tiffany. And we all um, put that together around 2015. And I think we launched in 2016. And uh, we just, you know, we've been going strong since then, since 16, since we launched. We kind of on the slow run now. That pandemic kind of slowed us down a little bit, but we we gonna be right back though. Yeah, and I, I noticed you were going full throttle with that uh, definitely before the pandemic, as far as like the different drops that you were having. So doing exclusive mm-hmm. drops that were uh, kind of um, shout outs to the city, different representations with the sports teams, the spirit of Detroit. Uh, what made you want to really like put on for the city through uh, the clothing brand? Uh. Well, I don't know, man. People that know me, man, usually they just know that I, I be heavy into loving loving on my city and stuff. So, you know, that kind of is represented through the clothing uh brand. It's it's a lot of a lot of people tell me like, yeah, man, stop making it for the for the city, you'll go a little further. But I'm like, man, you know, it's cool, man. I, I could take it to a whole nother level. I definitely have the uh experience in it. And the business mindset to take it to the next level as far as making like a nationally known brand. But this is something I just want to do, you know, in dedication to, you know, where I came from and what made me the person that I am. So I just like attributing a lot of the garments that I make to, you know, like the place that I'm from. And um, all my all my pieces pretty much be one off shots, limited runs, 50 of uh each style. So, you know, they pretty much go out the door as soon as I, you know, it don't take that long for me to sell out. But, uh, you know, my formula was shoot, if I sell out, even if I sell what 60% or whatever I, I, I put out, man, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just be wanting people to represent, you know, where they from and do it in a too cool, 
way, you know? It's too cool lifestyle, ambition, style, and execution, man. That's what the too cool lifestyle brand is represented. Uh, <clears throat> and as far as the business model for you to do like limited drops of the different releases that you do, like what kind of made you want to go that route versus like, you know, manufacturing a whole bunch of stuff and always having it available? Uh, exclusivity. That's my main thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you can always make a, a thousand things and, and sell them as, as much as the money is coming in, but I want my stuff to have a value to it. You know what I'm saying? It ain't just a, about just having it at the time. It's like, oh, okay, I have a rare piece. You feel me? It was only 50 of these made, so whatever I got on right now, you're probably only going to see 49 other people with it. You know, and then then in the collection, it'd be different colors. It might be four different colors. So you might only see 13 people with the one that you got on, the color that you got on. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I just wanted it to be rare and exclusive. You know how Kith is, how Supreme is, you know, you get that first. Most of the time, most people don't know that the actual value of the shirt retail when they first drop it don't even be the 200 or the 150 it probably be like $50 or $40 when they first sell it but it's so much of a rarity that the resale value on top of that marks it up two or three times you know what I'm saying so that's kind of I want I wanted my uh my clothing that was my mind state when I when I was doing my stuff so yeah people always ask me are you gonna drop this again you gonna nope and they be sick you know, so now they're trying to find another way to get it. So that's just going to bring the value of my brand up. Most definitely. And like I said, I've um, been following the brand for a minute now and definitely seen some of the drops that you did and super dope and creative, like how you take your, how you put your own take on the influences of, like I said, the sports teams and stuff like that. And like even in Britain, like certain jerseys, like the Pistons, like your black version of the old school piston joints were like the first time I ever seen that colorway for that Jersey. I'm like, Oh man, this is this dope as hell. So yeah. like, I guess, how do you kind of get into your, cause it sounds like your background, you come from being a, uh, or always have kind of been like a creative. So how do you kind of like get into your creative bag as far as when you go to develop your different pieces? Uh, it's always something like a, like, Something that inspired me, I, I might I might have seen a Pistons, like somebody wearing a Pistons hat or something like that from like that era. And I was like, damn, man, that shit dope, man. Like none of the Pistons logos look nothing like this. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is a one on one. Like that's pretty much anything from the 90s, man. Most of the sports teams from the 90s, they they logos were like extravagant and off the wall type thing. So it was kind of like, uh, damn, that was a sweet ass Pistons uh, logo. You feel me? So I started doing a little bit. I probably, my inspiration was probably seeing somebody else wear it mm. for the first time in years. And I was like, damn, that just brought back the nostalgia and stuff like that. So I was just like, damn, okay. What was going on in that era? You feel me? Okay, Grant Hill. Damn, Grant Hill was like one of, start researching Grant Hill. They were saying he was like the next Jordan. You feel me? So I based the whole thing around Grant Hill. You feel me? So it was like, uh, shit, he was the top player on the Pistons at the time. Basically, what they were saying was uh, <laughs> Grant Hill was like almost one of the number one players in the NBA at the time, but on the shittiest team. You feel me? So he never got to see his potential. 
Mm-hmm. And also they were saying the teal era of the Pistons, which is that actual uh, logo design come from. That was the worst era of the Pistons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got the sweetest logo in the worst era. You feel me? So I kind of had a whole backstory on that and how Grant Hill was supposed to be, you know, the next Jordan. They were saying back then and you know, the 98 Pistons, that's what that's where I I, I was uh, attributing my whole launch to was the 98 Pistons, the Teal Air, you know. And like I said, dope design. I just switched it up to, you know, my brand. And uh, I based it around um, Grant Hill. So each one of the jackets, each colors had a different version of Grant Hill wearing that color jersey. So I had a red one for the alternate version. I had a white one for the home. Teal for the uh for the away, and then the alternative, another alternative that never was made, I don't think, was the black. So uh I kind of like when I put because I put Grant Hill in every in every jacket inside, you know, and uh whatever color jacket that was, I made sure he had on that color jersey. Like I said, I'm a graphic artist, so I was photoshopping the jersey, was saying too cool instead of pistons. And I eventually made those jerseys too. You know, it was dope. It was just a whole dope concept, whole jacket, whole release, everything. Like, I think I sold out in two days. So I was like, oh shit, I'm on to something here. <laughs> so from there, I was just, I was like, let me do the, let me do the tigers next. You know what I'm saying? So I started gathering up information on them. I did the tigers drop, then I it's like, okay, let's do the Lions. Gathered up some information, put the uh I put each stadium, the stadiums and the Tigers one, and then the Lions one, I, I based that off Barry Sanders. So same concept I did with uh Grant Hill, I did with Barry Sanders, and uh yeah, and then the last one we released was uh these are all jackets, by the way. We did other stuff too, but last jacket release was the uh Spirit of Detroit one. And uh, we only have 50 of those. We put the uh, actual uh, Spirit of Detroit picture that we took ourselves. Shout out to uh, CJ Pros. So he another uh, CT alumni. You know, shout out to Cast Tag number one, second and none. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, yeah, we went, shot the uh, Spirit of Detroit, put that in the jacket. Uh, and then I did all the graphics for the actual jacket. Kind of looked like that was my Al Wasam inspiration for uh, the Spirit of Detroit jacket. So we put a certificate of authenticity inside. And uh, we was trying to do a leather one and everything, man. But uh, I was that was when the pandemic started hitting, man. So, And what is the process like manufacturing your own jerseys and jackets and other apparel from scratch? Because like you're you're doing this independent, like you're not, you know, getting the stuff from China or anything already pre-made. So like, how does that how does that process go? Well, I have partnerships with different manufacturers that are overseas. So I got do have some that's in China. I do have some that's in Pakistan and uh, and um, Bangladesh and India and stuff like that. I do got different manufacturers depending on what I want to do. Uh, so I got a whole clothing line that's unreleased that I got a lot of merch for that, um, that I got done from different places. I'm trying to have some shoes made. It's a lot. I got a lot of stuff in the bag. I just ain't released this stuff yet, but the process usually goes, I I get an idea in my head or I'll be on Instagram scrolling, or, you know, I might see somebody out in public and I might see something that I like and I'm like, yo, that's dope. I'm about to make that. 
you know, but I'm about to put my twist on it. I get back to the crib or I'm probably already at the crib and I just jump on my computer and make it a design mock-up, you know? And then once I make the design mock-up, uh, I got to go through the size and chart of how it's supposed to be cut and all that stuff. And then once I get all that in order, then I send it to my manufacturers and get it a sample produced. Once the sample come back and everything look good, or if I got to make some edits, I do that, send it back there, do that. Then we go into bulk productions and shoot, they'll be back. And then here we go, marketing to get the selling. For so sure. that's pretty much the full process uh, from start to beginning. I mean, to end. And, and keeping it in the sense of the, um, you being in the fashion industry, so to speak, you also have your own jewelry company. So like, when did that start and what made you get into um, making jewelry? I see you got the chain on. I'm assuming that's a, uh, that's an original joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, jewelry was something I was already always into uh, prior to, I used to go to uh, Hutch a lot and I used to be at a, MJ Diamond. So naturally, when I when I wanted to make something, I, I would probably just go to them. But uh, I was collecting a lot of precious metals and stuff like that. Uh, um, I was collecting precious metals and stuff. And I'm sitting up here looking at this stuff that's in my safe. And I'm like, yo, I could I could be wearing this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I was like popped in my head like, yeah, let me just put a bezel around this and uh and I'm aware this is jewelry too. So my investment is going to be jewelry as well. So uh, I went to Hutch and at the time I wanted to make my biggest piece of uh, piece of jewelry, which was like a hundred grams of, uh, of uh, silver. So I went to them and I was like, yo, can you make a bezel, a silver bezel and stuff? And they was like, we don't work with uh, silver. So I was like, all right. So I went to MJ Diamonds and they told me they could. And uh, so I paid for it, paid it in full. You know, the process took like six, seven months to get it made, right? They were telling me that certain things, the way that I want them to be done, that it couldn't be done, but I've already seen somebody else do it. So I'm like, and I'm an engineer, so you can't really tell me that I something that I think is theoretically possible. You can't really tell me that it's not. You feel me? So I'm sitting up here. He telling me, you can't do this. We got to put hinges on it. I'm like, no, I don't want hinges. But you know what? For the sake of, you know, me just getting this bezel done, you know, let's just, let's do whatever you, whatever you need to do. Cause I don't really know about, you know, how jewelry really work, but I'm like, I don't seen somebody else do it. Maybe y'all just can't do it the way that somebody else did. So I just took that approach with it. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's just go with what y'all want to do. So he really sent it off somewhere else. So he, I'm going up there. And I'm like, yo, what's up? What's the what's the update? What's the update? He just showed me my my design and stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. But one time he showed me the design and it was on his phone. And, you know, I seen the name on there. I was like, OK, you know what I'm saying? Mind you, this is like two months later after I'm already paid it in full. Mm-hmm. So I just so happened to be going doing an art exhibit in New York. And and the, the the address to the people that, you know, he showed me was directly across the street. So when I went to the art exhibit in New York, I uh I went across the street and found them. And then that's how really that's really how I got plugged in. And it was a, like a snowball effect from there. So long story short, I made my piece for that bezel, that same uh 
uh, silver bar before I even got my piece from the other jeweler. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. You feel me? How'd you end up making the bezel? Like, did you design it and then somebody else made it or you did the you did the handiwork yourself? No, I just I designed it. And uh, it's a lot that go into this. So I designed it. I made the 3D CAD file. I figured out how to do CAD, CAD work. I was going to, I was about to go get all the parts and pieces, but then I ran into a guy who already had everything. And he was like, yeah, you don't need to get all this equipment. I already got it. So, you know, I partnered with him and we started making jewelry. So I make the designs and he, he, uh, I make the designs. I go get the precious metals, the gold, the diamonds, or whatever else. And then I have him cast it and polish it and set the diamonds. And for TK Jewelry, are you doing it similar to Too Cool Lifestyle where you're having like you make certain items and then it's a limited drop or are you doing custom pieces? Right now I'm doing all custom pieces. Just all custom, all custom pieces. Uh, if I do have something in stock, then I probably ordered maybe a couple, couple of those pieces and, you know, I might sell them just like that. But Right now, it's pretty much all been custom pieces. So you plan on taking Hutch out of business is what's going on? Nope, not at all. <laughs> See, what, what people don't understand, there's so much money out here, man. I'm not going to take, bro, if you go to New York right now, it's about probably 50 plus jewelers on one street. Facts. And they all are getting money. We probably got about probably about 15 to 20, maybe, maybe a little bit more in the, in our particular diamond district. And you got probably like four popular ones. Two of the most popular probably would be the golden sun and the, and the hutches. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, man, that's enough money to, to go around, especially in Detroit. <laughs> I, mean, okay. I don't plan on taking nobody out. I just, I'm just, Working, I just working with my select clientele because I don't. My page isn't even public. My page is private. I'm a private jewelry company, so you know, I get to work with uh with people more on a one on one basis than you know just taking in anybody's money and stuff like that. That's how I keep the quality and stuff up high. Yeah, you're gonna have to come with that with that bag if you because we we are dealing with precious metals and fine mm-hmm. jewelry. It's not cheap, and people be wanting to associate some cheap stuff with some high quality jewelry. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, those two don't even go together. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. cheap and high quality don't go together. So <laughs> don't even come to me if it, if you ain't got the bare minimum price, and, and y'all will know that come 2022. Facts. Facts. I want to ask, so you've over the years, you've been able to work through and work on and create different businesses, different processes and all those type of things. What would you say is like one of the biggest business lessons that you've learned over the years? Or it could be recently, like, you know, we were just talking about the jewelry business, um, how that came about. You got to have a plan, man. You got to because I, I, I deal with a lot of people who are who want to start like clothing lines and stuff like that. I've been on both sides of it, you know, just creating myself and creating for other people. A lot of the differences between most of the people who are successful and the people who just short lived are that the people who are successful usually got a plan 
or even if they don't have a plan at first, they develop one. And it takes them to the next level once they once the ball rolls. With anything, you got to have a business plan. When you want to drop certain things, how you want to drop certain things, how you going to market it, how you going to get it manufactured. You know what I'm saying? Who is your target market? A lot of people right now, they uh, they seeing a lot of different businesses that, that do garment sales. You know, they going crazy. So they just want to, you know, make a logo and put it on a T-shirt and think that they going to, boom, pop. Which they might, if they got some type of popularity, they might pop for a little bit based off the popularity. But eventually that shit is going to dwindle down if you don't have no longevity and sustainability. So that's what I'm saying. Have a plan and have a backup to your plan and a backup to that. Yeah, people definitely have to sit down and really think through their entire like business structure and business process. I know me personally, that's something that I'm working on, but uh, oftentimes a lot of people want to just jump out the window thinking they know enough to get by or, or do whatever as far as um, making money with their business, but that's not how it always goes. So I, I definitely, uh, I definitely feel you on that. So I don't know how much research uh, or how much you know about Black Fridays, but now it's time for my favorite segment called Freestyle Friday. So Freestyle Friday, I'm going to put on a beat. You're going to have to give me 16, 18, whatever, whatever you got. <laughs> like rap? <laughs> no, you don't have like to rap. You don't have to rap. That, I'm messing with you. So it's um, Freestyle Friday. It's a random assortment of questions. They all about you. You can't get them wrong. Only got two rules that you answer everyone and you answer honestly. All right. So I'm going to get I'm going to give you the most hardest hitting question on Black Fridays right off the bat. I need to know what's the best Coney in the city of Detroit. Oscars. Where's Oscars? Six Mile and Wyo. Okay. Okay. I don't think I've ever been to Oscars. I drove by it plenty of times. I don't think I ever went in there. Yeah, you probably don't want to after a certain time. <laughs> they call it the killer Tony. Okay. For sure. For sure. Uh, what's your favorite spot in Detroit? Do you have a favorite spot you like to go to? I'm not going to say uh, it's a favorite spot. <laughs> more than it is like an atmosphere like downtown it's the whole atmosphere of downtown like i love this or you know what boom i do got a favorite spot bellow bellow is solid especially in the uh in the summertime you can't beat it yes sir best concert you ever been to man that's crazy because i only been to like two so I'm gonna say the shit. The first one I went to was, was a Gucci Man concert at Fillmore Fox, one or the two. That sounded like it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was during the time where everybody was getting their yay snatched too. Okay, <laughs> so uh, that was a that was an error for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, do you, you got to give me your favorite Motown artist? Michael Jackson. If your phone could only do one of these features, which one would you want it to do? Phone, like you can do only do phone calls. You can only take text messages or you can only do FaceTime. I wanted to, to, to call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what we all started with, right? <laughs> you know how many people prefer just text? They just be like, just text me. You ain't got to call me. No, that's real. I, I'd be like that too. So, but I, I will, I will probably need to, because sometimes you can't clarify during a text, you right. I mean? Like people would take that out of content. So Fact. I'd rather be. What's a favorite piece of art 
that you own. So we've been talking about being a creative, creating, you know, art, creating um, apparel and stuff. What's a favorite piece of art that you own? That's not mine, right? Uh, yeah, let's say for you, let's say you didn't make it. I'm going to say this rose, this wooden rose piece. So the so the so the textile is like wood, and they they made roses and everything from that. Uh, the guy actually was in the same competition that I was in, like in 2014, to make a uh, Arizona can, and he actually won it. So I went and checked him out, man. He had some dope art. So that's like one of my favorite pieces of art that I got. Tell me what you got in heavy rotation right now. I need a song that you have in heavy rotation. Payroll. Hustle music, bro. Okay. I, I haven't tapped into the new uh, project yet, so I got to I gotta get on that. For sure. Uh, if you could play on any sports team in history, what team would it be? You could any any era, any group of people, what sports team would you want to be on? Just for the year or just period, just be on their team. <sighs> Let's say for the year. Let's say for just the whole the year. year. I'm gonna go with the home team, man. Ofo Pistons. They can they can have you come off the bench for the last for the yeah, last I'll be half the season. I'd be Darko. I replace Darko. <laughs> I get a ring, baby. <laughs> cool. I replace Darko. Do you have a favorite quote or a favorite book? I can't. It, 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 it's not coming off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be some some type of nip. I just it's not it's not rolling through my head right now, man. So I'm a, I'm gonna say a quotable from Nipsey. So congratulations to you. You successfully passed Freestyle Friday. So I appreciate you engaging in my shenanigans. The next, I thought I was going to have to drop a 16 on you. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you was ready. So I had to, I had to ask, I had to ask. No doubt. Another thing I like to do with all my guests is uh, I call it the Friday flex. So it's an opportunity for you to, you know, pat yourself on the back or big yourself up for anything that you accomplished most recently or anything that comes to mind that you just want to give yourself a shout out for. I see. I just dropped my first NFT like two days ago. I saw that. Um, I saw that. I'm like, I'm like, you got an NFT? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're moving the shake. You know, I'm an artist as well. So, you know, I sell artwork, too, so. Yeah, man, I just jumped into that NFT market, man, and I'm I'm still learning a lot of stuff. Actually, the one that I just dropped is probably if it don't sell out uh, within the next, uh, I guess, few days or not few days. I might leave it up there. Actually, I'm gonna leave it up there. Just you know, what I'm saying just so I can have that history of me just testing something out in the NFT space, and then uh, you know, if people buy it, then we. You know, it's probably going to be a super rarity because I'm probably not going to drop that same exact one ever again. Asking a, a couple more business questions or more importantly, the essence of Black Friday. So always talking about supporting black businesses and wanting to know, in your opinion, why is it important for us to support each other in that regard? Support our black owned businesses, creatives. I've been on a whole like culture journey. You feel me lately? You know, probably since last year. Uh, so I've been buying all black business stuff. Uh, most of the time you probably going to see me come out. I'm probably going to have on at least 50 to 75% of black owned something on, 
You know what I'm saying? And if it's not black owned, it comes from a black owned store, you know? So um, that's just been my whole mantra for like, like the past year. You feel me? So I, I'm real big on nepotism and, and, and group economics. So, you know, I'd rather it go through us a few times before it hit out, outside the culture. You feel me? So that's the reason I named my uh, my jewelry store TK Jury. TK stands for the culture. So it's the culture jury. So even with that, you know, um, we want to start putting some of the funds, the profits that we make towards, uh, you know, scholarships for like high school students in the Detroit, metro Detroit area. So, you know, we can give back in some type of way because, you know, it ain't all about, you know, making all the money and the pros and all that stuff. You still got to build your community up. So the people that's coming up under you, they can be successful or if not even more successful than you are. So, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm partly still in Detroit. A lot of people be wanting me to move out, to go here, there. You know, I got, I really got something I'm trying to accomplish here. You feel me? That's why I do Dapset. You know, I want to give back to the to the youth in my city. You feel me? So they can come back and give back and build this community up even more. I want this to be the Paris of the West again. You know what I'm saying? So uh, only way you're going to make that happen is not by talking about it. You know, you got to get out here and do something about it. So that's that's where I'm at with it. So supporting the black culture, man, that's just a whole we can go into a whole different thing about that. man. So. But, yeah, that's where I stand with it. And that's huge. Everything that, that you said, um, being able to do it for the greater good, not only yourself and making money and trying to get on, but like really doing it for a purpose and, and the generation and the people that's coming behind you. I know you mentioned you mentor um, earlier um, with DAPSA and uh, that that's huge and uh, something near and dear to me. I mentor as well. Got a mentoring program here in the city um, with some of my good friends from uh, from college. So and that's what it's all about, inspiring those future generations. So, you know, we can build the city up and, and keep this thing going, leave it better than we found it for sure. What's next for what's next for you, Turtle? What's next for uh, your businesses? What do you see in your crystal ball for the future? Man, I'm, I'm jumping into the to the meta space, man. So I'm trying to work all my businesses around that in some type of form. They all go you know, still run as they're running right now, but they're all going to be in the metaverse in some type of way. So I'm trying to build around the new new metaverse that everybody is on. I mean, a lot of people might not even know what I'm talking about, but you will just know that I'm, I'm jumping in there early so I can get a part of this stuff, man, early on, man. I'm kind of late, really. So I'm really a late bloomer. If you're hearing this now, I'm really late. But you know, I'm I'm way ahead of like 95% of everybody else. You feel me? So that's where I'm on right now. I'm trying to get the clothing line in there. I'm trying to get the jewelry in there because all of this stuff can be used for NFTs, man. And, and what people don't know, man, is this can take off to a whole different level. Why you think Facebook just turned their name to metal? <laughs> Yeah, man, you plan in 2030 while the rest of us uh, in uh, 2021, 2022. So you 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 ahead of the game for sure. So, yeah, I, I don't even know much about none of that, but but want to uh, get into it uh, most definitely. And uh, for the people who want to who want to tap in and want to see your journey, they want to support. They want to go get they want to get a chain. They want to get some uh, clothing from you. Where can they find you? What's your website, your handles, all that good stuff? Well, uh, let me see my. 
My clothing line is Too Cool Lifestyle, T-O-O-K-O-O-L, Lifestyle. And then you got my uh, manufacturing company that we, you know, we do custom custom pieces every 10th of every month. You know, we might have big orders or we might have like a small 20, 20 item order. You know, we, we do it all. Uh, so you can do custom one-to-ones too. Uh, that's two cool productions. So that's T O O K O O L productions with the S on the end. And uh, let's see. Also, can't forget about the jury. So that's a uh, underscore T K jury. Uh, you got to get accepted into that page, man. Because, like I said, it's a private private jury company. So I got to skim through and accept people. So, but if you want to check it out, man. Come follow us, man. I'm gonna skim through if you if you if you worthy enough to be a member, man. I'll accept you. You feel me? So yeah, pull up. No doubt. And this was dope, man. I'm glad we got a chance to uh to connect and I got a chance to learn more about your your journey and your story, man. And it's really dope to hear what you got going on business wise and the things that you've been through, lessons that you learned, and how you applying that and trying to move towards the future, man. So. I don't see nothing but success for you in the in the future, man. I, I know that, you know, what you're working on is definitely going to continue to grow and, and get bigger. So I'm glad to be able to have you on the platform today. Yeah, man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm glad you allowed me to come on your platform and, you know, speak my speak my truths and stuff, man, and, and get my 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 different companies and stuff out there, man. So I appreciate you for that, my brother. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime. And uh, everybody that's listening, appreciate y'all pulling up to another episode of Black Fridays. And once again, we're going to keep this thing rolling and we're talking black business every Friday. (laughs) 